Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another Manly Musing segment of the Survival Show podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cottle, director of Nature Reliance School, Central Kentucky, author of several books coming at you today. Thanks for being with me. On the Survival Show podcast, we've been uh, having trouble getting David and I together. Looks like we're going to be recording another uh, podcast this week together, so hopefully you can look forward to that soon. But until then, we'll keep trucking along with our manly musings right here for the Survival Show podcast. Today, I'm going to dig into a topic that I think is worthy of discussion. And I'll probably definitely break this one up into two parts. It just might seem to work out better that way. Part one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be discussing Marxism and why I think it's something that we should be able to recognize not because I'm in favor of it at all. Let me be clear about that from the get-go. But I think we need to recognize what it is, how to see that it's going on around us. And then in part two, what I want to do is I want to go through some ways that we can defeat it. Because I think it's worthy of defeat. So thanks for joining me. So Marxism is a philosophy that was started by a person by the name of Karl Marx. And some of this stuff is very evident and obvious to a lot of people, but it might not be so obvious to others. So some of this fundamental information, just hang on with me if you're so familiar with this that you already know. But Marx was a, was a German. He was actually uh, an economist, uh, some would say a philosopher economist, and was very much, through the lens of history, uh, basically a, a revolutionary socialist and the founder of what we now call communism. Now, he lived and died in the 1800s. He actually was born in 1818 and died in 1883. And some would ask, what, you know, what is the significance about what he did? Well, you know, his philosophy in the realm of things is terrible, and it fails, and it fails every time. But... That doesn't mean that it's not incredibly influential in the world today. Matter of fact, as I was preparing some comments and remarks for this podcast, I came across a couple websites that said it's probably number three on the list of influential um, philosophies or ways of the world. Um, The first being early Christianity, the second being early Islam, and then number three being on the list um, Marxism, basically communism. And I get that from a historical perspective as it relates to how it's affected the world. Communism has, if you look around us, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's quite disheartening, really. So what he did is he published a book in 1848 called the Marxist Manifesto, or I mean, I'm sorry, the Communist Manifesto. And And it's basically a look at, and I had to read this in college, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I read it so that I could recognize these things. And it's one of those things that I never thought I'd really have to deal with. You know, uh, sticking my head in the sand and stuff of that nature, like a lot of people, and and, uh, avoided seeing that it was happening and how fast it was happening around us, particularly as it relates to right now. Basically, you can say that Marxist was a reductionist in his theory making in that he basically saw everything surrounding the way we live 
to a struggle, and that struggle between the oppressor and the oppressed and the master and the slave. And this happens and takes into account all sorts of different relationships. A teacher and a student, a husband and wife, um, parent and children, um, and on and on and on. You know, somebody who has a skill and somebody who is an apprentice to that person who has a skill. So, you know, that I get, those relationships, those different relationships are important and some are um, definitely fit the bill of what Marxists would say. It's just it seems that he takes it a little bit too far. And he he dwindled everybody in the world in, in a communist society down to those who are the haves and the have-nots. And the haves are the ones that are the owners of the means of production, whereas the have-nots are the non-owners of the means of production. Basically means they are the ones that makes the production happen um, from a physical standpoint. The question to consider... You know, I mentioned Christianity and Islam as as uh, the two most influential ways of life, religions in the world. And number three was communism as far as how it's influenced the world. And I've been very clear and well, maybe I haven't been clear. I, I try not to force myself on people, but uh, I've mentioned a few times that I'm a Christian and been follower of Christ for quite some time, and that has not changed. And I don't see that changing anytime in this lifetime. So, with that said, is Marxism communism based on a religious way of thinking as well? And I would argue and think that the answer to that would be yes. You know, Marx kind of was held up much like Moses and as a prophet of a new group of people, the chosen people of God, if you will. Um, basically, he was looking at it as he was going to deliver people out of the slavery of what we refer to as capitalism into the promised land, communism. Um, and the way he saw that this was going to go down is that, you know, as in the Old Testament of the Christian Bible and well, I should say this, Marx, Marx had a, a tremendous amount of Jewish heritage in his family. And so he grew up probably understanding that and seeing that and utilizing that as some form. But he basically ended up inserting himself into the Bible and making himself another prophet. I don't know if he communicated that way. I can't find any, anything that says that he communicated effectively that way. But, you know, basically he saw that the Red Sea story that we see in the Old Testament was going to be basically a revolution and, and that there would be a significant amount of suffering and uh, warfare and bloodshed and stuff of that nature. And that on the other side of that was the promised land. All things good were going to be on the other side of it. And so... He went about trying to affect the world and make it happen. And in my opinion, that's why he could, in his mind, rationalize, and the followers of Marxism and communism could rationalize that somewhere down the road, everything's going to be great. And to a degree, I think we're all like that. I think we all have some 
negative opinions on the way the world is being run, the way things go around us. When I say us, I mean human as humans as a species. Uh, we feel that way right now for the most part. A lot of people think that times are not too good right now, although I would I would disagree with that. There's a lot of really good things going on. I think we need to focus on those and eliminate the things that are bad. That's why I'm discussing Marxism. And um, I think the the thing that we need to get a hold of is that as far as Marxism is concerned, the perspective of communism was that there basically needed to be a purge of politics as they were at that time, which had led to capitalism. And you can see why I think some of what we're seeing now mirrors exactly what communism and Marxism is. Now, I posted on my Facebook page a few weeks ago, um, basically there's a pyramid. And the, the way I was introduced to this, this concept was through some special forces uh, personnel that, were, that I was training that who also helped change me forever years ago. And, and they were, they were, and this is a long time ago, you all. I mean, this is a good decade ago, maybe even 12, 13, 14 years ago. They were saying that there was a Marxist revolution that was starting within the country then. And I just, quite frankly, I just could not see it. And I under, I think I understand where they're coming from now, but, um, they, indicated to me this handbook, which is the special forces handbook of insurgency and, and how you recognize it and how you defeat it from a warfare perspective. If you're going to take down a country, I'm sure the CIA goes in and causes these things to happen. Uh, maybe special forces do that too. I don't really know how that works. I'm not a special forces operator or uh, Intel analyst, so I don't really know. But the point being is that Marxism was alive and well quite some time ago as a method and in this country is what I'm referring to. And because of that, we have slowly but surely let it creep into what it is that we do. Now, this pyramid I shared on my Facebook the other day was basically the steps that a special forces team would take to help uh, recognize that a revolution was happening in the country, how to create it, and if it is being created and they don't want it to be created, how to defeat it. And so it's worthy to pick up Special Forces Handbook on Insurgent or Guerrilla Warfare and understand how that works. So now, here's some of the things that Marxism that I think are, that are some of the aspects of Marxism that are worthy of understanding. You know, everyone is one. And there is no distinction between matter and spirit. This is, again, part of the philosophy. And I'm not a fan of that at all. I think there's a, I go, I take it a little bit further than most. Most people say mind, body, and spirit. I, I take it a little bit further and been studying on this for a couple of years now on the idea of mind, body, spirit, and soul. And that's maybe a, a topic for another day because I think it is worthy on how our emotional selves and our spiritual selves and our soul work as it relates to survival. You know, what happens when we die? What happens in the midst of death? What's happening before death emotionally? Can we control that? Can we oversee that? But as far as Marxism is concerned, none of that happens. Everything's one and the same. 
and spirit, if you will, is just form of matter. It's nothing more than tangible, not intangible, but tangible matter. So next would be this idea of pantheism, meaning that there's any number of gods that are out there. And what this basically says is that the world is made into some aspect of God, meaning everything around us is God and God is reduced to the world, basically atheism. So, you know, I, I've been really clear that I'm not a fan of that. And so I think it's worthy of your consideration. I can't, you know, on spiritual matters, I'm really, the older I get, the more I realize that people have to come to it themselves. That's why I try not to use my platforms to influence people that way. I just let people know who it is that I am and what I do, but I think people need to come to it on their own as best they can. Not necessarily that we can't introduce people to different ways and thinking. Maybe if you don't think the way I do, I would introduce you the way that I think I would like to hear how you think and, and see where we can meet in the middle. And so with that said, there's no room for that in, in Marxism, everything is God and there actually is no God. And so it's just rather, quite frankly, that little aspect of it is somewhat confusing to me. And I think it's a, uh, I think it's just the, the, I think they're mutually exclusive of one another. And so they can't be one and the same. And so that doesn't quite frankly make much sense to me. The next part of this is what's referred to as historicism. Uh, everything, even truth, changes. There is nothing above history to judge it. And I disagree with that entirely. Truth is truth. And there might be subjective ways of viewing it, but truth is truth. And science has proven that certain things are true. That doesn't mean that science doesn't prove over time and that there's more uh, opportunities to utilize a scientific method to prove or disprove things as we move through time. But it's very difficult if there is no truth and everything is subjective, then we're just not going to make it. You all, I mean, it's just, we're not going to make it. Um, so with that said, uh, let's dig into this next aspect of this. When asked what is communism, Mark said basically this, I'm paraphrasing as best I can. Cause I, cause he wasn't speaking in English, right? The theory of communism may be summed up in the single phrase abolition of private property. Now, this sounds attractive, and it sounds attractive to the person that is a Bible-believing Christian, too. Let me explain. You know, as far as Christians are concerned, it was said that there should be communal property among believers. And so that aspect of it I like, and quite frankly, there are a lot of social programs that I really like. I think that we should be able to do what we can to help others, and we should be able to share our wealth and help those who are around us. The problem is that not everybody is interested in doing that. And so although there are those that are really good givers, there's not, there's a whole lot of people that all they want to do is take. And so from this perspective, in my mind, it is the biggest part of what is happening in communism, Marxism, that is going to cause extreme failure. And the reason I say that is because people cannot... Uh, people are just inherently lazy today, in my opinion. In my opinion, we are surrounded by laziness. Therefore, 
the issue is that you have people that want to offer communal property and communal funds and stuff of that nature, and people just take from it. And quite frankly, we can't work like that. And that's why I want to break this up into two parts. This has just been an intro from a, you know, trying to look at things that, man, I've read a lot on this. Uh, and I always try to take what I've read and the points that I take out of it and try to present them as simply as I can. Not a bunch of fluff words. That's just not me anyway. And just try to make it as simple as possible. So this has been my perspective on it. What I'm going to do in part two, so please come back, is I'm going to talk about how to defeat it. I'm going to, I'm going to go through several points on how to defeat it, and hopefully that will help us. Now, again, the reason I bring this up, because we're surrounded by it, you all. Right now, we are completely and totally surrounded by it. And um, quite frankly, I think uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter are pawns for a revolution that powers that be, whoever those powers that be, I don't, I don't want to get into the conspiracies of who that might be, but they are pawns in a game. And that game is revolution in the United States of America. And if we do not at least recognize that that's happening around us and do what we can to defeat it, then we're going to be defeated. It's that simple. So come back in part two. We'll be discussing how to defeat it. And thank you for joining me. As always, look at the links in the description below for our sponsors for the Survival Show podcast. We've got some other sponsors coming up in the near future, hopefully, and things are looking good in that manner. And we'll see where that takes us. As always, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.